Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I really should put a thing at the start of this episode being like, um, this movie was racist and to properly review it, we have to say stuff that's kind of racist. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your clip that you can put at the start. Imagine a year where a musical has great songs and, oh, that's racist, but also funny characters and, oh, that's an incel. And also, oh, this is a bit problematic, actually. Uh, still fun, though. Wait, what year is this, Sandro? The year is 1953, and oh my god, he's literally singing an incel song right now. Yee-haw and yee-hey, it's me, Sandro, back with another episode of Oldie But a Goodie. Why, it's a podcast where I'm on the ranch, I'm, I'm, I'm in the fields, I got myself an orphan, I got myself a horse that's also an orphan, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking around. Oh my gosh, a car just ran past me. That must be some sort of racing horse all made out of steel. That's what I think it is. Well, uh, actually, that would be uh, one of our test cars, uh, testing the max speed velocity of a land vehicle. Oh, the max speed velocity. You're doing a speed test, are you? I am indeed. I am indeed. Wow. Uh, Sorry to bother you, civilian, but you have... uh, quite thoroughly trespassed onto government property here, like, miles deep into the into the government property. I'm not sure how you got this far without being confronted. It's a uh, very... It's almost impressive at how far you've gotten. Yeah, I don't really know how I... I mean, I've just got my microphone, and I'm walking around, so, I don't know, I'm, I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. I, uh... I guess maybe you look like someone who works here, but... Clearly not. Anyway, I'm yeah. Albert Scott Crossfield. Nice to meet you. Oh, Albert Scott Crossfield. That's one hell of a manly name for a manly government man. Ah, oh, thank you. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, we were just out here uh, testing, you know, some speed tests. I mean, I did a little bit of speed testing myself. But... <laughs> I've done some speed testing before, too, if you get what I mean. Bloody drugs. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. In fact, that sentence was very confusing. What do you for mean? Me. You guys literally invented it. Oh, in the sixties. That comes later. Um, that was LSD. That wasn't speed. Anyway, uh, what, uh. what are you? What are? What are you testing for? Why is a government agency testing the speed of of vehicles? Well, see, I'm just a merely a humble naval officer. I couldn't tell you the full details. I just uh, know that the other day, uh. Became uh, the first pilot to uh, fly twice the speed of l- sound. Oh! I nearly said twice the speed of light, but you that did. would be <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. That would be very sci-fi-ish of you, and we're not there yet. No, 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 not there yet. But yeah, in, uh, I also, during World War Two, you know, flew a bunch of fighter planes and other things, you know, for World War Two. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So what are you doing this for? Are you going to invade Russia with your fast planes? What? What? Isn't it the space race? You're going to go to space with these planes? Is that what you're doing? That, uh, no, I have really nothing to do with the space race. More military stuff, mm. which I guess involves Russia because, you know... Shooting down aliens. Yeah, that's what we're mostly doing at the moment, is shooting down aliens and not telling the public about it. Oh, I can't wait for that all to come out in 2023 purely as a reason to distract people from what's actually going on in the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing a lot of that here. We're doing a lot of that here. 
Anyway, I'm going to have to escort you off the property. Oh my god, I'm being arrested. You can't do- I'm a sovereign citizen. I go wherever <laughs> I want to go. I luckily have never heard that phrase before because I don't live in the modern era where echo chambers can convince people of being above the law. So I don't know what that means. Sound of Freedom's doing really well in the theatres, actually. That's a, that, that QAnon movie's doing really well, actually. What, right now? It's a, it's, no, because you said Echo Chambers and people, the QAnon people love that, that movie. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm still arresting you. Oh, no, I'm being arrested. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness, I'm not being arrested. In fact, I'm doing a podcast with my good friend, Zach Adams. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Hello. I feel fast today. I feel speedy. Yes, you are fast and only slightly furious. You are in the body <laughs> of a guy whose name I forgot. <laughs> well, now I am furious because you forgot. Good old uh, Albert Scott Crossfield. What a lad. Wow. But enough of that, Albert Scott Crossfield. It's time to cross the field and go to the Western Western Time Cowboys. Yeehaw. Oh boy, did you pick a movie this week? <laughs> Well, I had fond memories of the movie Calamity Jane, which is a Western musical with Doris Day that I saw as a kid and I thought was pretty fun. Which which bit did you enjoy? The the part where they hate the Indians? The part where they mispronounce California? Oh, that was kind of funny. All the all the, the mispronunciations was funny. Um I mean Chicago. look there's just kind of a blanket statement. For this movie, uh, it's a western from the 50s. It's kind of racist, actually. <laughs> it's very racist, actually. It doesn't, like, actively, like, have them as, like, active bad guys throughout the whole film that they're fighting. But, like, it keeps coming back to it, which I found very off-putting, because I was, like, I was trying to ignore the racism, right? I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 50s film. Oh, here they go. They're making fun of Indians. Okay. And then uh, the it, it uh, moved on, and I was like, okay, all right, we can go on with the movie. And then, like, ten minutes later, they'll be bringing up, oh, they are Indians, and I'm like, oh, no, they're talking about Indians again. Yeah. And they it's... kept doing that. They bring them up, like, three or four times. Every time, I was like, oh, no, back to the bad part. Yeah. I mean, it's a... We- I, I feel like that's the problem with all old Westerns, and one of the reasons why new Westerns sometimes are better... There's always like a few scenes where you're like, "Oh, that's that that's that's not great." But you know, aside from that, this movie uh, was you know uh, had some good songs, uh, had some fun, had some fun moments, had a pretty great queer romance between two men and two women. That was really nice. I like that part of it. What? Um, what? That a lot of people read into this movie. Very popular with the queer community. <laughs> what? I'm so confused. What? Calamity Jane and Kathy are my favourite couple from the 50s. Oh! Oh! Oh, I see that. I ship them. But also, that's not at all the thing in the movie, though. Ah. There's literally no... I like the reading into this film. And obviously, in a spin-off film, you could do that. Or in a remake, we could do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of those dumb, stupid boys and just have girl power. That's great, but that's not what happens in the movie. No, they really straight wash this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, absolutely, this is a straight washed film. And he, here's the thing, right? Giving it the credit that it's like LGBTQ plus inclusive is a terrible idea because it's not no, and it's also racist it's just people read it into it for sure look it'd be nice if they had made some like queer relationships but they definitely didn't in this film i mean they definitely won't for uh, quite a few years of filmmaking <laughs> oh absolutely they even have a um a trans joke in there so you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. there's a drag queen in the movie i mean that wasn't not that was like it, it, it's not the worst we've seen. We've seen far worse, you know, Ace Ventura. But like, it still has that whole thing. It's like, oh, it's a man doing a dance, and they're like, wow, that's great. And then he's revealed to be a man, and it's like, oh no, that's horrible. Yeah, there was a little bit of that. It's just that little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Um, but also, that's very funny that people are like. Hey, they're in a gay relationship. Yep. That's, yeah. 
And, like, I didn't remember any of this from when I was a kid, so yeah. just, like, going back- <laughs> What and- did you remember from this film? I remembered the songs, I remembered the character of Calamity Jane. She's pretty good. And I remembered- I think that's pretty much it. Mm. I just remembered the songs and, and like, the performance. I mean, it is, like, a musical, so, like, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. The, the, the songs and dancing were really good. In this film. Yeah. I will give it that. I like most of it. There's two that I don't like. There's one song where... So, in the movie, we've got Calamity Jane, we've got Katie Brown, and the love interest is Wow Bill Hickok, and he has a song... That is the most incel-y song I think I've heard in a musical ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which is pretty great. I was like, no wonder this is Sandro's, like, film of choice. No yeah. wonder Sandro bring this up, you know? That's his favorite song, his incel song. It's the incel song. I do like a lot of the songs in this, though, like... Um, See, I, I told you, folks, he loves that incel song. I love that. I love that incel song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear me. I liked the um, song where she's in the bar and she starts, like, tap dancing. And I was like, oh, you could see her a bit of, like, classical tap dancing. That was a weird one because she, like, references singing in the rain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was a bit odd. But I liked the the sudden tap dancing because I was like, oh, tap dancing. I used to do tap dancing. Sandra used to do tap we can appreciate some good tap here. Yeah. Because she has like a two minute solo where she just taps without singing for a bit. It's good stuff. Yeah. So she's played by Doris Day, uh, who was in a lot of musicals, uh, very popular. I think she's great in this. I, I, really, I really like her. Well, when she was in a man's dress up, I didn't appreciate her. But suddenly she became beautiful when she put on a dress. And now I can appreciate. I'm sexist. Yeah. That's one thing. For some reason, I thought that this was more of a Milan. I thought that all the men thought that she was also a man. A man. But, I, but I think that's just what the real life Calamity Jane did. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. what the movie did. So I kind of, like, misremembered that part of it. But, uh, yeah, that is so funny how she doesn't even change her makeup or her hairstyle. She just puts on a dress and men are like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. She has frills. My Lord, have mercy on my soul. (laughs) No, she, uh, she's, she is gorgeous and a great singer. And does a really stupid accent for, like, half this film, um, which is very funny. Yeah, she mispronounces things like shikargi and cigarette. Shikargi. I'm going to smoke a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very silly. It's very great. Uh, But she puts a lot of enthusiasm into her uh, acting, which is great. Yeah, do you think that Jessie from Toy Story is based off this performance? Oh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. What do you mean? I feel like this is just Jesse from Toy Story, but live action. Like, you could yeah, say yeah. Oh, absolutely. this is the movie that those toys were based off, and I would completely agree. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because even, like, the, the the wild guy could be, like, uh, Woody. It has that sort of vibe. I get you. I get you. But yeah, she has a great voice. She has a great singing voice. She does have a really good voice. It's just every now and then she says something racist, and I'm like, God damn it! But th- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was gonna bring up. She she. It's really funny because she goes from the shikar gay gotta smoke it thing, you know, yeah. that sort of accent, and then suddenly she's like, the hills are alive <laughs> with the sound of music, and I'm like, what the fuck? What what happened? What is the the parallel between those two was very funny, and also you just throw random racist tangents in between that. Yeah, and that's your movie. It's wild. I feel like because like westerns in the fifties basically were just propaganda against Native Americans. It wasn't oh, until the sixties, I think, when we started getting like something slightly different. I feel like it's just a part of it. I I hate to say like. You can look past it, but I'm like, it's a Western from the 50s. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a classic case of uh, systemic racism, where it's like, oh, yeah, they're the Indians, they're the bad guys. It's like, you know. Yeah, it's cowboys versus, yeah. Yeah. It, Even though most cowboys were of color and also gay. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, it's a bit like how, like, Russians or Germans keep getting put in films because they're the the bad guys sort of things. Because in about, you know, 30 years from now, every movie's going to have, you know, every James Bond film's going to have a Russian slash German oligarch. Because they're the enemy, it's fine to say these things about them. Mm. I just wish the film would stop mentioning it. That's the that's the problem I have with the film. The film overall isn't too racist. It's just continually racist. It's like, we've had our song, we've had our dance. Now let's do the little racist bit where we talk about murdering Indians for a bit. All right, continuing on for the film. Well, that's also something, because apparently Calamity Jane in real life uh, she was always telling tall stories, and there was a part where, where she was like, "I've I've killed the most engines anyone's ever killed." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. Some shit. She said that, and so they put that in the, the movie. I guess I don't know. Um, going back to the singing voice, though, one that really got me was Howard Keel as Mr. Bill Hickok. Why he talks like a real cowboy, but then when he sings, he's got a baritone voice. He's yes. like, oh, I'm an <laughs> opera singer. I'm like, fucking up. <laughs> Which is so funny. This movie is great for the parallels between the singing and, like, the actual story. Yeah. It's so funny. It, yeah, when the... When the a random cowboy, you know, breaks out into baritone. It is very amusing. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that we can mention in non-spoilers. Uh, there's some pretty funny, like, side characters in this. I really liked the guy who ran the bar that most of the movie takes place in. Mm. Especially when he's like, gentlemen and, uh, gentlemen. Yeah, because it's just a town full of men. <laughs> there's no women. Where are all the- we see them in the dance scene, and then at the very end, there's a bunch of women just show up. Oh, that's true. Where the fuck did they come from? I don't know where they- do they all just stay at home? But it also feels like no one in this town has a job because they're always at the bar. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know, are they the ones out working? I, I, I think the idea is- based off my, uh, old western town knowledge, is that they would all be ranchers. Mm. Right? They'd all be yeah. farmers or ranchers or whatever. So when they're not at home, they're on the ranch doing things. And all the women are just cooped up in houses to do the housework all day yep. and take care of the kids. Yep. So I guess that's where they're coming from. Uh, my other theory would be uh, they're uh, brothel girls and they're just not putting them on film because uh, <laughs> they don't want to show the brothel. I mean, Calamity Jane worked in one in real life as well, so they could have. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. Yeah. It is very strange how they have just all the men. I'm surprised the bar didn't, like, hire a bar's, uh, bar maid or something. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. Uh, but they won't take... But I'm I'm a cowboy. I, I ain't taking no beer from a woman. <laughs> I ain't doing that. I'm a cowboy. I'll take his beer. I'll take two. <laughs> For some reason, I remember this movie having a really big bar fight. I think that might be a different movie that I'm remembering. Well, they do have the scene where, like, they shoot the glass, right? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, 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 which is sort of a bar fight. It's almost a bar fight. Oh, my God, the quadruple in this movie. We'll get to that later. It's so... It's so... It's just very gay. This movie's very gay, and I love it. Anyway. (laughs) It's not gay. It's very straight. (laughs) You're reading too much into this, Sandro. It absolutely would have been a better ending if it ended up gay. Yeah, it would have been a much better movie if that's just what they did. Except maybe the racism. Well, (laughs) true, good point. It would have solved all the problems, except maybe a little bit of racism. But apart from that... Oh my god, there was a point where, like, I wrote down, ah... At least it's not white people playing Native Americans. And then one of the characters dresses up (laughs) as one. I was like, god damn it. (laughs) God damn it. That's funny. That was such a random scene. What the fuck was going on there? Yeah, so there's a scene where Wild Bill Hickok dresses up as a Native American and has a baby. I don't know what that scene was meant to be, because I think as an actual cowboy, I think he did that? And that felt like a reference that we wouldn't get yeah. in this day and age. Like, it, it felt like a reference to something, because the, they, they give no context to it. 
But it, it was very confusing for us because they give no context to it. But they seem like it's a natural thing that just happens, so... Yeah, the movie takes place in the town of Deadwood, which was considered to be quote-unquote Indian land. Like, it was considered to not necessarily be run by the white people. Um, mm. So, I don't know, maybe it was just something- I've got no fucking idea. Also, I love how this movie constantly brings up the fact that they're the invading force as well. There's a bunch of scenes in this movie, and even a song where they're like- Oh, it makes complete sense why those Native Americans want to hold on to this land. And I'm like, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, like, ending song is singing about how beautiful the land is. And it's no wonder these people are so desperately fighting to keep their own land from invaders. And I'm like, what the fuck? This sounds like a joke song that the for a, a parody movie where the bad guys are singing about how bad they are. Yeah, that's what it felt like. I was so confused as to why they included that. It was it was so astoundingly self-aware, yeah. but not. Which I'm like, all you need to do is add a little bit of satire to this movie, make it gay, and boom, <laughs> this is a great film. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that would be so funny if it's like satire that they're like, and now we're gonna be racist. I hate everyone that's not white. Yeah. Like, they just really are like, oh, by the way, we're racist. Don't forget that fact Don't that we are, that. in fact, racist. <laughs> we might be inclusive <laughs> in certain states. We might, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might look like nice people dance and. In the end, do the right thing, but don't forget we're racist. We're really racist as well. Like super racist. <laughs> oh dear me. What a funny, what a funny movie. Uh also I, I before we rate it get into spoilers, Calamity Jane was a real person. She's a real person. Uh she was a frontiers woman for a while, um, had a bit of a rough life, ended up being like a performer. She would go to bars and tell stories about the Wild West, which is part of what this movie is based off. She was, in real life, she was friends with Bill Hickok, who was also a pretty popular cowboy at the time. Um, But she claimed that there was a romance between them after he died. (laughs) And everyone's like, I don't think so, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she she is... She is canonically, and in this movie, known as a storyteller. Yes. The story's not necessarily being the entire truth. But uh, she was known for wearing men's clothing uh, as well, so... (gasps) How scandalous. Zach, what do you got to rate this, an oldie or a goodie? It's a tough one, because the songs are great. Yeah. Because they're great, like, singers and dancers. Um, and the makeup's really good. The sets are really cool as well. The sets are amazing. The constant racism, though, <laughs> and the sexism. Um... Oh, yeah, we haven't mentioned this movie's also... Uh, it's got a lot of internalized misogyny in the scripts mm. and the characters and everything. I'm like, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the internalized misogyny, yeah, because I sent you a message after, like, watching 20 minutes of it. And I was like, wow. Racist and transphobic. <laughs> but I should have really added misogynistic, because the rest of the film it was pretty misogynistic as well. I was like, that was the big one. And there's a song in this movie about uh, a woman's touch, which started off and was like, we know how to clean houses. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but then it later became a woman's touches that a woman can do anything. And I was like, okay, that's okay. Yeah, something I was going to mention. This movie was made by men who don't understand what a woman is. No, because they're incels. They are made by incels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it is. Because they treat women like magical creatures. Yeah, they Like, they have have superpowers. Ah, yes, a woman's touch can magically transform a house into, like, a shack into a house. Like, a woman can do literally anything because they are magical unicorn creatures that never shit. Like... (laughs) That is pretty much what this movie says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie actually treats women like magical creatures, which is very funny to me. I mean, and also trophies, because there is the love thing, the whole romance 
where it's like we're the men and we choose that that where that you're interested in us. Yep, you know, and I'm like, let's. Uh, it's not good. You know what? I'm gonna rate this film an oldie, oh, no. Sandro. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna rate it an oldie. Like the songs and dance were really fun, but I I cannot look past some of these. Yeah, <laughs> look. If it was maybe just racist, if it was maybe just misogynistic, if it was maybe just a little transphobic, but all three, all three, Sandra, I really can't let that one slide this time. Like, I'd like to let it slide. I'd like to let it slide, but I just, I just can't do it. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'll feel bad about it, you know? Okay. Look, I feel like one of us definitely needed to give this an oldie. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you going to give it a goodie? I don't. I feel. Yeah. I really. I still Sandra enjoyed supports it. Supports racism. No, not at all. <laughs> you need to watch. Like, if you're going to watch this movie, you need to acknowledge that it does. It has not aged very well. There's a yeah, lot wrong no. with this film. But if you also watch it from the subtext of this is a queer love story between Calamity Jane and Kathy Brown, this is fantastic. This is really good. <laughs> So your preference for your goodie is that you have to watch this as a queer love story that you uh, have to see between the lines. Okay. Look, the subtext is there, and it makes this movie very fun. Also, yeah, I like the songs. I like the acting is, you know, really fun. I've got nostalgia for it. I don't know. There's a lot wrong with this movie, but I'm going to give it a light goody because i'm a racist i guess i don't know mm. um i'm an, i'm an incel oh boy yep don't forget sexist misogynistic um and transphobic she never caused any calamities though yeah i mean she she like trips over and falls and they laugh <sighs> women be tripping uh, yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god there was that one point where she starts crying and a guy's like, oh my god, get those hysterics out of you. I'm like, she's just crying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that's so bad. Yeah. Oh, woman's crying, she must be hysterical. <laughs> must be hysterical. You know, it's like, yeah. That's, oh, that's so fucked up. I mean, there is that whole, like, love triangle, which was a bit of a calamity, mm-hmm. I would argue. Yes. Love square, even. There, there, There's... The whole thing where the guy gets captured by Native Americans, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a calamity, but she kind of solves that rather than causes that. Yeah. If she had caused it, it would have been more, uh, like, if his, she had accidentally, like, I don't know, tripped him off his horse and he got captured. You know, something like that. That Yeah, she with the name Calamity Jane, you expect some slapstick hijinks where she accidentally causes, like, the collapse of the town hall or something, you know? That'd be pretty funny. She accidentally trips over a rope and then the whole town burns up. Oh, I was just thinking at some point when she shot her gun or something, you know, it would ricochet off the chandelier and hit a beam and that beam, like hits into a pillar and that pillar collapses and that the whole front of the building falls out. That's that's the sort of hijinks I was expecting, but not quite. That's a pretty good calamity. Oh my goodness, I am so sad. My name's Sally McSeller, but it may as well be Sadie McSadder because, oh man, Sandro and Zach are at the end of their Cagerama Volume 2 series on Patreon. I love listening to them talking about Nicolas Cage movies. And oh boy, do they have a treat right now. Two Nicolas Cage movies. Con Air, Gone in 60 Seconds, in one episode. They're going head-to-head in a cage match battle. Here's a clip. Uh, I really like Christopher Eccleston as the bad guy. Oh, yeah, that was great. It it was really jarring, though, when he first appeared on screen. I'm like, why is the doctor here? What is he? What's (laughs) happening? I'm so confused. Which kind of sucks for the actor when they want to do something different, like Daniel Radcliffe is always Harry Potter. What's Harry Potter doing here? You know what I mean? But oh boy, do I know this actor from one role and it's Doctor Who and like nothing else. Like, I mean, he's good in a lot of things, but it's weird because he's got hair. I'm not used to him having hair. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, male baldness. Uh, you know, make characters more badass as they age. Connor gone in 60 seconds bonus battle. You can get that episode right now on Patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod plus the other five episodes of the k-drama volume two and you can get ad free episodes of the show you're listening to right now that's just a little plug
plus. I'm Sally McSeller. I'm, I'm, I love pluses. All right, let's get into some spoileroos, spoileroos. Before we start with spoileroos, I got a bunch of quotes. I'm just going to read quotes out of context. Oh, I, I will write them. All the goodies. I really should put a thing at the start of this episode being like, um, this movie was racist and to properly review it, we have to say stuff that's kind of racist. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your clip that you can put at the start. All right. <clears throat> Is there a woman here? No, sir, just Indians. That was a quote. It was kind of bad. They're looking for someone. Oh my god. They're looking for. They're looking for a performer that they hired, but but uh, in the carriage, it's just a bunch of Native Americans, and that's. Uh, oh yeah, that's at the start. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, they reference scalping like five times in this movie. I loved that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Next quote. She's charming, lovely figure, everything that a woman ought to be. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So first we got racist, now we got sexist. Alright, what's the next one, do you have transphobic on your list? No, but I do okay. have a pretty dark joke, which is I think I'll take a long walk off a short precipice. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's a good one. I've heard that one before. I think. Yeah, uh, there is uh, there is the song "Hive Full of Honey," which the drag queen performs. In the song, we get the lyrics: "I'm over twenty one and I'm free." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a hive full of honey for the right kind of honeybees. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my lord. I'm getting a little hot under the collar here. Yeah, I loved that song. That song was so yeah. funny. It was very good. That song was amazing. And also it says 21 instead of like 16, like other films I could name. Yeah. Singing in the rain. But yeah, no, I was like, oh, 21. Hey, that's that's a pretty good age. I like 21. That's that's a that's a good age to be singing about. Uh, C- Calamity Jane goes to Chicago to find Kathy Brown. Chicago. I hated that every time they said Chicago. <laughs> it felt so forced. It does. The accents feel really fake, but oh, it's very absolutely. funny. Just the amount of shit she mispronounces. It's so funny. It is very funny. But she goes to Chicago. She sees the dresses that the women wear there. And she's like, how are you holding that dress up there? It's like she like looks into the cleavage of this woman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. That was funny. I got the strange feeling someone's being hustled. Oh, yeah, when she's being hustled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's talking about going to Chicago, and she's like, man, they got fountains there that squirt you. I was like, (laughs) sign me up. Oh, my gosh. There's this one here where it's like, yeah, Bill and I are like the seven-year itch, but it's fun as hell to scratch. I was like, oh my gosh, the sexual oh tension. Oh my lord. Uh, but let's get into the plot a little bit. Calamity Jane, she's got a crush on Lieutenant Dan. And Lieutenant Dan's an asshole. Yep. He's the worst. I kind of wish that he didn't have a happy ending in this movie. Yeah. Because he does end up getting married to Kathy or Katie, whatever the fuck her name is. Which, I mean, first of all, he kind of forces himself onto her as well, which is gross. Yep. But it's also like, why? I don't know. Just a weird just a weird ending. Un- unfortunately, throughout the film, we're told he's a pretty good guy, but we're never shown he's a pretty good guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he does anything good in the film. He's only, uh, he only either like kind of forces himself on a girl. Although, to, f- to be fair, she's only really reluctant because of, Calamity Jane? Yeah. This movie's written by men, so... Yeah, she's only reluctant because it's like, Oh, but I'm friends with Calamity Jane and she's got a crush on you. Yeah, yeah. So there's this whole dumb love triangle, and that's why drama's bad. Sure. But also, he has no redeeming parts in this film, and he's just kind of an asshole. The guy who runs the bar accidentally hired a drag queen instead of a instead of a burlesque dancer. What are we bloody holding on for? My horses are being held right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm holding the horses. He hires a singing dancer. Yes. Who he thought was a woman. Yes. But it turned out was a man. Yes. 
And he he imposes upon said sing and dancer that he dance as a woman because he promised a woman. No, well... Yeah. I don't think so. No, because later on in the movie, the guy who was the drag queen... Yeah. ...goes on stage and dances as a man. Yeah. I thought that that was just his act, though, was that he was a drag queen. No, 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 no. I think he was a singer Broadway dancer that uh, he hired thinking it was a woman and then forces him to dress up as a woman. Okay. Because he promised a woman on stage. Right. Which makes that film worse. Oh, wait. No, you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. That is, that is... Yeah. I did not get that at all from the movie, but that is in the official plot synopsis is that the owner... Forces the actor to perform in drag. That's kind of <laughs> fucked, actually. It is. It is very fucked. Which is why I thought it was, uh, you know, extra bad. Because I was going to bring that up. Is he? He was a very redeeming character, except for that one bit where he forces someone <laughs> to wear drag. I do like that actor, though. Dick Wesson plays Francis Fryer. He's very funny. Yeah, he he's very good. But after they accidentally take the wig off, Francis, all the men in the bar are like, <gasps> Oh, bloody, that was the weirdest burner of my life, and I'm angry now. Because <laughs> they are super into it before that happens. Yes. Everyone's super into it. And also, it's so funny to me that the men in this town work like a cartoon. Like, while Calamity Jane's in men's clothing, Oh, that's a man, not a woman. And it's like, oh... When this one guy's wearing a wig, it's like, oh, that's a woman, not a man. (laughs) So, yeah, he accidentally hires this performer, makes him do drag. The town gets angry, threatens to kill everyone, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 no, no one wants to go to the bar, but Calamity Jane, she shoots her gun in the air. Yeah. Everyone goes silent, like, oh, shit. And she's like, yo, yabba skelly, yes. She said some really <laughs> funny I- insults in this. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. You're like a weasel in a hen house, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, you sons of bitches. Uh, I'm going to get you an actress, the best actress. He's already promised the best actress. And they're like, oh, yeah, Calamity? What actress would that be? I, I like this because she like... She's telling stories. She's lying. Yeah. And they all know she does this. Yeah. Like, because they come in to hear her stories, right? And so they just egg her on. Whatever she starts telling, she's like, they're like, oh yeah, Calamity, go into more detail, please. Who exactly has he hired specifically to come in that would redeem? Now, Calamity Jane, she's got a lot of internalized misogyny. So all throughout the start of the movie, she keeps seeing pictures of uh, attractive burlesque dancers and singers and being like, oh my God, she's not wearing any clothes and that's not right. She looks fat. Yep. (laughs) Stuff that she says. But then she's like, I'm going to get you one of those singers that you've got a picture of, men, and that'll save the town. Oh yeah? Which singer and dancer are you going to get? I'm going to get Adelaide Adams. Oh, Adelaide Adams. Hey, fun fact. I'm actually uh, related to Adelaide Adams. Are you? Share a last name? No, not at all. I just made that up. But we have the same last name, so. Adelaide. I don't think she was a real person, though, but. um... No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have no idea. I just made that up. Well, that's very. That's why it's a bloody uh, a comedy podcast. Comedy podcast. Hilarious <laughs> jokes coming at you. My last name's the same as this character. Yes. So, so she goes to Chicago, and uh, instead of bringing back Adelaide Adams, she brings back Adelaide Adams's assistant, who also wants to be a singer. Mmm. Yes, but uh, the like singing lady who she works for, is like, oh, no, but you're ugly and can't sing. And, you know, <laughs> your your breasts are too small. And also you're fat. Um, <laughs> yeah. You suck shit. Yeah. Anyway, bye. There's a lot of that in this movie of just, of just shit like that. Anyway. <laughs> but, but it's funny because it's an actress talking to another actress. But that actress who played Adelaide Adams... Is like a small part in this film, so she would have been a lesser actress. 
Yes. Telling one of the main two actresses that she's a shit actress. <laughs> that is kind of funny now that you mention it. It's, what it's, yeah, if you, th- if you actually think about it, that's very silly because... Obviously, we can see the main one of the main two actresses there, and she would obviously make a very good Adelaide Adams mm. because the film directors picked a very good Adelaide Adams. Like, yeah, so it's it's a very funny line to say if you think about it. Um, we got some racist shit for the next few minutes. Uh, she comes back to Deadwood and she says how Chicago's great because there's a bunch of minstrel shows. I was like, mm. fuck. There's also a scene where Bill is dressed up as a Native American and then he lynches her. Yep. I don't want to talk about that part. <laughs> Correct. We're moving on from that part. But hey, did did we mention this film's racist? I don't think we've we've mentioned that enough. It it's it's like this, right? You'll be having fun with the movie, you'll be singing, dancing, and laughing, and then it's just like, oh, by the way, we hate Indians, and it's like, ah, oh, my mood just died <laughs> no. immediately. Oh, they're singing and dancing again. Yay, back to happy dancing. Let's not think about racism. Yay. Oh Yay. my god, he's lynching her. What the fuck is going on? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fucked. It's a yeah, little fucked. That's, that's, that's the exact mood you get during this film. Which is why I think if you watch it and you go into it being like, this movie's kind of fucked, but there's some fun stuff in it, then, you know, you'll probably be okay. The problem is, I didn't remember that it was fucked, and I didn't warn you that it was fucked, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Calamity and Katie go to live together. Uh, They even paint their names on the front door of the house, which is the most gay thing that I've seen (laughs) in a movie this year. Okay, all right. Whoa, 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 whoa. I love it. First off, this is just like a 60s aesthetic, right? A lot of flowers, a lot of floral, the sort of orange. It is very strange that they both put their names on the door. And they're going to live together. I get where this is coming from, though, because it has two women living together. I mean, it's got that. It's also got... There's just certain stuff about, like, the way that they look at each other all throughout the movie as well. Oh, absolutely. uh, They they would have a great vibe because clearly Calamity Jane is the pants wearer because she's literally wearing pants for this film. There is a lot of that. Like, she's the mask and Katie's the femme. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's it, right? It's like... I can see why people say that about this film. Yes, and a lot of people say that about this film. (laughs) It's just not true, though, which is hilarious, because it's like, it's a very made-by-a-straight-man film, like, Christian values, like, there is nothing there. But it is very funny, because they play that up for comedy, but, like, yes... They could have easily quite been a gay couple and that would have worked for this film and that would have been great. Well, something else that my girlfriend mentioned actually when we were watching this was there's a scene as well where the two men come to their house, uh, Mm. Bill and Daniel, and the way that they look at each other as well, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something there as well. Because they're like staring at each other in a really like intimate way and I was like, oh my gosh. I disagree. They were staring at each other because they wanted the other one gone. That was the whole point of them being there. The whole point of them being there was so they could grab and force themselves upon women, Sandro. That is what ended up happening. But there was a brief yeah. moment when I saw sparks between them. Stop trying to make this film inclusive. This film is racist, <laughs> transphobic, and misogynistic. And you can't just make up inclusivity that wasn't in the film. You can't forgive this film for stuff that wasn't in it. Actually, about 12 years ago, someone interviewed Doris Day, because she only passed away like four years ago. Um, Oh, really? So someone interviewed her and was like, what do you think about the lesbian subtext in in Calamity Jane? And she was like, I had no idea that was a thing, but I love that that's a thing. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. So this was definitely not made with the intention of that, but I do like how it's been co-opted by the community. (laughs) And yeah, that's very funny, and 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 makes it a better story. I feel, um, because yeah, they totally make a they make a way better couple than the couples we got in the end. We didn't get a couple at the end, Zach. We got a quad couple. Yeah, we got two couples, and I think I think I think our two couples are worse than one power lesbian couple <laughs> that we could have gotten, and the power gay couple. Because you're right. 
that would have worked way better. And I think our remake where that obviously happens is way better. That is exactly, yes. Yeah, you have your power gay couple where you got the, the constable and the wild cowboy getting together. Mm-hmm. You've got the lore and chaos. You got the lore of the land and the chaos of the, the wild, you know? It's pretty great. And then you've got Calamity Jane and the maid. You know, it's great. Oh, some other notes that I wrote down as well. There's a moment in the song, A Woman's Touch, where they're like, and if you bake, it might just make a man love you. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I forgot about that one. Um, And there's also a point, again, when she's crying and he's like, you're bloody hysterical. He also was like, you're acting like such a female. And the way that he said female was the most (laughs) incel shit I've heard. Yeah, 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 that's true. That did feel very incel. (laughs) Ah, yes. The female sex. I am very familiar with the female sex. I have studied them intimately. (laughs) Anyway, so Lieutenant Danny and Katie, they do a big kiss after a ball. Mm. And uh, Calamity sees them and she's like, oh my god, I've got a crush on Danny. Katie's being a bloody... She's... She's been, um, um, uh, excuse my misogynistic French, she's been a bloody bitch, I tell you that much, mis- internalized Ooh. misogyny, actually. Ooh. Oh, how dare she? I'm gonna, I'm gonna threaten to shoot her. <laughs> yeah, no, this, it really turned south, where at first Maid Lady, what's her, what's her name again? I, it's Kathy or Kathy, I don't remember. <laughs> Kathy, yeah, 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 Kathy. She's like, oh, we shouldn't get together because Calamity Jane likes you and literally told me that. And then they immediately get together. And then, of course, Calamity Jane sees them and gets upset, which is fair, I feel. Like, the the whole situation kind of sucks for uh, Calamity Jane. Uh, she does then take it to the next level where she threatens to shoot Kathy, where I feel like that's a bit of an overstep, an overreach, you know, a bit of an overreaction. She almost does a John Wilkes Booth and shows up to the theatre with a gun. Yeah, oh, wow. She's performing. <laughs> I was like, this just got dark. What the fuck? She's like, you get out of town or I'll shoot you. Yeah. And then uh, Kathy's like, oh, I'll shoot you back. Here, give me your gun. She gets a gun and she's like, and, uh, Jane, hold up a glass. Yeah, I'm going to shoot the glass. Jane, for some reason, cooperates. I have no idea why. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think Bill, does Bill shoot the glass? Yeah, your Bill shoots the glass so that it looks like Katty shot it. Yes, and then there's a funny scene where the bar man's like, wow, he, she she managed to shoot it, and then looks to his left and see one of the barrels just has a bullet in it for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh, that's an extra bullet, and he just, like, puts his glass underneath the barrel that's leaking. To have a shot To grab or a drink from it, yeah, 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 which was quite funny. That's so good. Um, but then Bill and Calamity Jane, they talk in a forest uh, throughout the entire movie. They both have massive crushes on each other, it's obvious. They've just been trying to distract themselves from this for years. Um, but then when they're, they're, they're finally alone out in the woods, they're talking to each other about the person that they like. Bill likes Caddy, mm. Calamity likes Daniel. They're talking about how much they like them, but then they bloody, they, they do a smooch and then, then, then they're like, actually, never mind, I don't remember what I was talking about, actually. <laughs> and that was the point where I was like, ah, they're straight washing this, god damn it, ah, <laughs> god damn it. But not necessarily, because then Caddy's about to leave town, Calamity chases her down and is like, ah, no, stop that, stop that, I fell in love with Bill, you can still love Daniel, I give you permission, you you should come back to town. And then, they have a joint marriage and joint honeymoon, which, once again, is extremely queer. True. That's that's the thing. Yeah, it's 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 played it's played off, you know, for laughs and giggles and other things. Yes. But it is true. This film now now that you mention it is just a queer icon, I feel. <laughs> it is. Let's ignore the racism. Let's just ignore the racism. That would be such a funny like in our remake if there are moments where where like this movie is super inclusive and they do like a great song and everything but then they're like but don't forget we're cowboys it's time for the racist song <laughs> yeah 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 that's what i want is like a comedy lgbt inclusive like romance where it's like 
the the plot looks like we're gonna have like people uh end up in a in two straight relationships mm. but at the end they're like wait a minute but we love each other and then or you know we get our lesbian power couple and our gay couple but then they're also incredibly racist the entire time as well. but then yeah but then it's like and everyone's like yay we get the happy ending but and, and then they're like but wait yeah we have to sing about how we're racist now <laughs> That's all the spoilers. That's all the spoilers. What's your favourite song, Zach? What's your favourite song? Mm. Oh, we haven't mentioned the song I Can Do It Without You, which is an amazing song where Calamity Jane and Bill just basically insult each other for like three minutes straight. That was very funny. Uh, yeah, they they have like a, a quarrel where, I'm not going to lie, there was a bit of sparks flying there, I think. I mean, he was, like, constantly grabbing her and shit, which wasn't particularly great, but also... Well, no. Uh, but it's, it, like, it, it it seemed like a lover's quarrel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sort of thing. It's where it's like, I hate you, no, I hate you, no, I hate you. I like, I hate you more sort of vibes from it that they're just making up on the spot. That was pretty good. That was a pretty good song. I really enjoyed that song. I thought it was very fun. I'll try and get some of the lyrics up. In the summer, you're the winter. In the finger, you're the splinter. Oh! Savage. Yeah, pretty rude. Uh, Like, Hardy Pot's very funny. Yeah. Um, That was a good song. I like, again, I liked the tap dancing one. I liked it whenever Calamity Jane sang. I thought her voice was really good. Yeah, her songs were definitely the best ones. What's my favorite song? Uh, Like, I liked Woman's Touch, although that one was very, uh, it's like, ah, yes, what is a woman? How does a woman work? (laughs) How does a woman work? A song. A song about women written by men. Yeah. Um, I like Secret Love. That was okay. Not as fun as the others. I think the Deadwood stage, whip crack away, whip crack away, whip crack away. Oh, whip crack away, whip crack away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was pretty good. Because that's the song they open with where they, they're like singing into the town and then they end with it as well, which I thought was really good. Yeah. I liked how they used that twice. Oh, actually, you know what my favourite song is? Mm-hmm. It's the one where they sing about how the Indians are defending their great land. Oh, and the how Black great Hills the of Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> the one where they sing about how great the land is and how they're taking it from the natives. And no wonder they fight so fiercely because their land is beautiful and no one would want that taken away from them. Anyway, we're doing that, though. <laughs> Wait, we're, still, we're actively killing them all. We're actively murdering people. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Or what about the song Higher Than a Hawk, which is the incel song? That's the incel song. <laughs> that one. That's... Oh, my God. And, oh, yeah. Where he literally... He goes up to a painting of the woman he likes and, like, sings about how much he loves a woman to a painting. Yep. Very incel-y. Very incel-y. Uh, it, truly the modern-day incel where someone sings to a picture online. Yeah. They have their waifu. Yep. Um, you would definitely be playing, I don't know, Genshin Impact or something. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a waifu yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little, host of A Little History Podcast. If you like to learn about history a little differently, then A Little History Podcast has you sorted. Nothing is off limits as we tackle some of the well-known and not-so-well-known stories from various mythologies and folklore from around the world. We've got a house on chicken legs, a bloke with a hundred eyes, a talking frog, plenty of shit kings, and gods and goddesses doing what gods and goddesses do. All this and more is waiting for you just to click away. Sometimes I'll have a guest coming in cold, and sometimes it's just you and me. So drink them if you got them, and join us for a bit of shit talking and a lot of fun. 
My name is Patrick Little, and this is a Little History Podcast. It's our history, but like you've never heard it before. Well, let's come up with a remake of Calamity Jane. Uh, We've already kind of mentioned plot-wise what we're going to be doing with it. Oh, easy, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just have the the power couple and the gay couple, they come together, and it's great. Now, I've already actually cast this whole movie. I was was casting it as I was watching it, but you can come in and change some of these if you want, obviously. Oh, no, 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 no. If you've you've pre-cast this, that's uh, that's pretty impressive, Sandra. I want to hear what you've got for this. Well, um, for Calamity Jane, as soon as the movie started, I was like, she looks like Amy Adams. That's very funny that you have Amy Adams playing Calamity Jane. Oh, you're right, because you're you're related to Amy Adams. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Sandro, but actually, no, um, <laughs> I'm not. But um, yes, she would, she would, Amy Adams, definitely, very, uh, very good pick for that role. Can you think of anyone else, though? I mean, uh, I was going to say Margaret Robbie. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, uh, you know. I don't know if she can sing, though. Yeah, that that's that's the thing. I have no idea if she could sing. Yeah. But also the real life Calamity Jane actually had black hair, so you could you could change it up. Ooh, um, you're right there. That is a good point. Uh it's just like they the the actress they chose was blonde, so we could choose a like a blonder. But yeah, yeah, you could choose anyone. But Margaret Robbie was the first one I thought of. But I like Amy Adams better. My partner was also like, I hate this, but I can see Amy Schumer as Calamity Jane. Oh, no, no. You can see it, right? No, That's the worst part. You can yeah, kind of see I it. I can see it, but fuck off. <laughs> no, thank you, boss. Uh, for Catty, I had Anne Hathaway. She can also sing. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, no. And it's funny, you've got... Amy Adams and then Anne Hathaway, because I was also thinking Anne Hathaway possibly for um, Calamity Jane as well. Oh yeah, because she's got black hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or brunette at least. She could absolutely uh, play the the person who's not a singing dancer. Yes, mm. I think she would work. I'm like just thinking of other people. I was like. Christian Stewart from Twilight could be kind of funny, but also, like, I don't know anyone who can sing. Yeah, I think she uh, she gets a bad rap. I think she could absolutely yeah. uh, play a thing. What about uh, Emma Watson? What do you think of that, Sandro? See, the other thing was, like, I was trying to find someone age-appropriate for Amy Adams, mm. so everyone that I thought of was, like, 20 years younger than her, but... That's true. I do like that pick. Could definitely work. Because I think Emma Watson, she did... Beauty and the Beast, right? Yeah, everyone loves that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but didn't they need to, like, auto-tune her or, like, dub over her singing or something like that? Maybe, yeah. I don't I don't think Emma Watson's a great singer, unfortunately. Anyway, I think Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway's a good pick. Yeah. For the men, for Wild Bill, as soon as he showed up and he was in his cowboy hat, I was like, James Marsden, because spot on. Just looks like James Marsden. Wait, this wasn't the actor in the, the film we just watched? <laughs> oh my god. No, Zach, he wasn't born yet. Oh my god, that's crazy. But uh, also, yeah, I'm down for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, I love James Marsden. He's so good. Absolutely. He is the best Cyclops from the X-Men series. It's not hard when you've got whoever the fuck played young Cyclops in. That's true, that's true. And then also for Daniel, I mean, Chris Pine is just, mm. he's so funny. Plus him and James Marsden getting together, that that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That would be great. Oh, what a power couple. James Marsden and Chris Pine. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Their jawline combined could destroy any foe. Oh, you're right. They have the squarest jaws in Hollywood just slamming into their enemies. Oh, my God. Do you know what I want? You remember that terrible movie that James Corden was in where they rhymed everything? Um, what, Cats? No, 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 no. The one, the fairy tale one where literally everything rhymed. Not just sung, but rhymed. Into the Woods? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Into the Woods, yes. I think James Corden was in it. Yeah, he was the hunter, I think. Anyway, I, I just wanted to bring up James Corden to shit on James Corden. <laughs> Fuck you, James Corden. Fuck it, um, James Corden. Agony is like one of the best theatrical songs that has ever been made, which is two men singing about 
how much they long for the woman more than the other guy, which is seriously one of the funniest songs ever. I need to rewatch that to see it. But Chris Pine uh, sings in that one. Oh, right. Yes. And they're, they're literally going like, I love her more than anyone else, especially you. Fuck you. <laughs> the, the, the pain of being away from this woman is like a thousand spines in my heart. And the other one's like, yeah, well, mine is like a million spines in the heart. And also, like, I would rather kill myself than be without it. Uh, so that's what I want in this film is Chris Pine and James Martinson singing about how much they love the woman more than the other one. But then they kiss at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, yeah, that could be our twist reveal at the end. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Um, And then I was like, that's only four people, so I still need a, a fifth one. I don't like what I've done and I want you to do a different character. Oh, no. Because okay. I don't like the guy who I've put in the recast, but as Francis Fryer, who is forced to do drag, I, he's not a good person, but John Mulaney, he, ah, he's so annoying, <laughs> but he'd be funny. Oh, John Mulaney. Ah, yeah. He is funny, and he would do very well in this role, but I don't want that to happen. So come up with another character, or you could just say John Mulaney is Francis Fryer, and then I guess I've got to put it in. Mm, <laughs> mm. A hot take, Hugh Jackman. Oh, I knew you were going to bring up Hugh Jackman at some point. I, I, I know, I know. Look, look, it's stereotypical for me to bring up Hugh Jackman, but he's literally a theatre actor. Like, he likes to sing and dance. He is. So it would be perfect for this role of a person that is, like, hired from theatre to do sing and dance. I mean, having Hugh Jackman in drag would also be pretty funny. We could also get John Travolta. He has done drag in Hairspray. That's true. That's one of the best parts of that movie. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Thoughts, questions. As who? As doing drag. Yes. <laughs> Is it an uncredited cameo like Tropic Thunder? He just shows up? Oh my god, yes. But we, we like, reduce the amount of screen time he has and he just has this one bit where he's hired... And then it's like, oh, he has to do drag. He would fucking do it. He would do it. Oh, absolutely. And he'd be great at it, I think. I don't know who to get as the director. I can't think of anyone. Well, we're doing musicals again, right? Because we did Singing in the Rain before, and the idea was we need to get, like, a musical sort of director. Well, I did mention Hairspray earlier. The guy who directed Hairspray also directed Disenchanted, which does star Amy Adams. But, but most importantly, he directed Rock of Ages, which is a musical, and the lead performer in that is Tom Cruise. So I feel like he would be our best chance to get Tom Cruise. Ah! Oh! Good idea, Sandro. That's two birds with one rock of ages. Yep, yep. Um, hell yeah, because that, that way you get the Tom Cruise connection, that way you are. Oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant, Sandro. A stroke of genius. So that is Adam Shankman. I think he'd do a good job, because, like, Hairspray is surprisingly good. Yeah, Hairsp Hairspray is definitely the sort of vibe I want from our film. Just, like ridiculous drama yeah just really cheesy overproduced sort of yeah basically just looks like a stage show sort of vibe yes exactly i want this to be a stage show and it's kind of like a parody and it's just like oh we're singing and dancing about how we want to be together don't forget we're racist yeah um yeah and yeah, then we can get we can can get in tom cruise he's got that, that tom cruise connection so absolutely that's pretty good well, that's the entire bloody episode. Thanks so much for listening, you absolutely bunch of mad squirrels. That's, that's what I'm calling the fan base. You bunch of mad squirrels out there. Bunch of mad squirrels. We're going to pick... Uh, Zach's going to pick next week's movie in a second. But first, I've got to say that if you like the show... Bloody thank you so much for listening. And um, we're on a bunch of shit. We're on uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. If you want to drop us a review, we really appreciate that. We're on YouTube. We're on all the things. We're on Instagram, Facebook at Oldie Buddy Goodie Pod, uh, where you can check out the remake pictures, a bunch of other stuff that we post there as well. And we're on Patreon.com forward slash Oldie Buddy Goodie, where right now you can get all six episodes of the K Drama Volume Two. Oh yeah, there's some good movies in the K Drama. We did uh, a bunch of Nicolas Cage films. Let's just say at least two of them were good. Yep. Zach, you got to pick next week's movie from 1954. 
let's take a look at some of these movies. Mm, you got some pretty fun options here. On the waterfront. Mm, they're on the waterfront. Uh, which is an up and beat coming boxer into a powerful local mob boss, Johnny Friendly. Oh, Johnny Friendly. Persuades him to throw a fight. Oh, I hate that mob boss, Johnny Friendly. Oh, he's an absolute cunt, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Fucking Johnny Friendly. <gasps> You've got Animal Farm. <gasps> oh my god, Animal Farm. Yeah. Hey, look. All movies are equal, but some movies are more equal than others. That's true. That's true. Uh, we have A Star is Born. Yeah. that. So that's a remake of one from the 30s, but that's the one that everyone remembers because it stars Judy Garland. And then obviously they remade it with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper a few years ago. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if they've already done a remake, there's no point of us doing it. You know what? You're right. And that also then- <laughs> That also then uh, means that we can't do Godzilla, the original Godzilla, which came out in <gasps> what? 1954. Oh, man, so- I want to do Godzilla. But going by the logic that I just spouted, I guess I can't do Godzilla. Damn. I sure hope we don't do that for a Patreon later. But no, Sandro, do you know what I want to do? Seven Samurai. Uh, no, it's Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, that's also Sandra. a good one. That's also a good one. <laughs> Because that's, yeah, that's the classic uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh my god, Rear Window, Dial M for Murder. This is a great year. Seven Brides yeah. for Seven Brothers. That's a fucked movie. That'd be so fun to make fun yeah, of that, that fucked movie. Fucked. Uh, no, thank you. I want to do 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Ooh. Yeah. I want to do that because I've never seen... Uh, 20,000 Leaves Under the Sea, and that's that's a famous one. I've seen Godzilla. I haven't seen Creature of the Black Lagoon, but I've seen Godzilla. Well, we have already done as well The Mysterious Island in the yeah. 20s or 30s. It was at the start of the year, which featured uh, the same characters and shit from 20,000 Leagues. So I'd be curious to watch this film. Well, next week we'll do 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, man, the original Fast and Furious came out in 1954. I kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that existed. Oh my god, this year's this year's jammed packed full of things. This is a wild year, and you've picked a pretty fun one. I think it's is this our first Walt Disney movie? I think it is actually. Oh really? There's been a lot of Disney films around. I thought we would have done one by now. Like last year, last year we did like five in a row. You know? Yeah. All right, we'll do that next week. Zach, you got to bounce out of that body, boy. D- d- yep. Nope, I gotta leave. I got shit to do. Alright, bye! Now, inspired by the movie Fast and Furious, which should come out in 1954, but we're not doing it. I'm gonna bloody steal that thing they're doing speed tests on. I'm I'm sneaking over. Sneaking over. I'm sne- Oh no, I bumped a plate! Hey, you! What are you doing there? I'm gonna catch you! You better- you better stop, sir! I'm gonna grab you! I'm gonna catch you! You stupid thing! Stop throwing plates I'm everywhere! I'm throwing plates! Stay away from me! Stay away from me! Oh my god, he's got a plate! Run! Off and quick help! I don't know what you're talking about, you blubbing C-section! Oh, the orphan called you a C-section! Get fucked! Oh my god! Oh my god! He's taking the North America X-15, the hypersonic rocket-powered aircraft used by the United States Air Force and the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, a.k.a. NASA. That's right, I'm taking the NASA- Oh, fuck, I fucked up history. Oh, no. Oh, no, then we're not going to get to the moon if I take this, actually. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. I touched the plane, and that little touch has had a butterfly effect where the moon's blown up. And it sounded like a plate smashing. Oh my god!